0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another UK Motor Talk Grand Prix review. My name is Jim and we're going to be having a little chat about the 2022 Mexican... Grand, no, it's not the Mexican Grand Prix. It's, it's the Mexico City Grand Prix, but it's a uh, it's the Mexican Grand Prix anyway. In the run up to the weekend, we had uh, the usual bit of uh, news and bits and pieces. The uh, the cost cap uh, saga involving Red Bull, which had kind of taken a back seat with the uh, the unfortunate passing of Dietrich Mateschitz over the weekend of the American Grand Prix, um, looks like it's all been concluded to uh, to nobody's satisfaction really. So. I suppose that's the, uh, the whole idea of uh, an ADA alternative dispute agreement something like that I think so uh, yeah I suppose uh, the idea of an agreement is that nobody's happy with it but at least there's a uh, there's a line drawn under it so turns out the uh, the overspend of Red Bull was was actually it really was very minor in the grand scheme of things they'd actually um put in a few bits and pieces that they didn't need to put in, so that actually reduced their spend by, I think it was about £1.4 million. But there were a few things that, uh, that Red Bull hadn't included, which should have been included. So the overspend was actually about 400 and something thousand, pounds, which... Um, I suppose on a on a budget of a hundred and forty something million, um, or euros, dollars, whatever currency this is in, um, but to uh, to overspend by four hundred thousand somethings when your budget is a hundred and forty million somethings. Actually, isn't that bad? To be fair, I thought that was reasonably accurate. I think, um, but uh, but nonetheless, they were the only team to go over it. Uh, so they have a, a seven million something or other's fine, which uh, which seems rather steep, to be honest. But it's uh, it's probably a drop in the ocean for uh, an organisation such as Red Bull, um, but what will hurt them more I think going forward is the reduction in wind tunnel time, uh, so they uh, they were already facing having the least amount of wind tunnel time next year being the reigning constructors champions, um, part of the uh, the new regulations to close everything up is to reduce the wind tunnel time of the winning team, uh, give the team in second a bit more, third a bit more than them, so on and so forth to the, uh, the team in last place. <laughs> getting the most amount of wind tunnel time so makes sense, give uh, give those teams lower down more opportunities to catch up and tighten things up but Red Bull have had their, their already reduced wind tunnel time, cut by another 10% I believe, so um, yeah, Red Bull said that this would severely hamper them going forwards but I suppose they would say that really, um, but by the flip side of it, you know, spending a little bit more money did give them an advantage uh, last year and the year before so it's, uh, well this year and last year i should say um so i suppose it's uh it's all about even i think it's about right i think the only other i mean the one idea i'd suggested a couple of weeks ago was to take whatever overspend it was double it and apply that for next year and then take that spend and take it off the following year so you know whatever you overspend by comes off next year's cap double and off the cap the year after that but actually four hundred thousand pounds well if you reduce their budget by eight hundred thousand pounds next year probably not a huge difference in the grand scheme of things so um no d- d- about right I think in terms of uh, in terms of penalty to uh, to breach so we'll uh, we shall see how that affects them of course we'll never know it's not like we'll get two cars one designed with the extra time and one without it so we shall uh, we shall just see. Another sort of penalty and, and news and things like that. There was a bit of breaking news after we'd recorded the podcast last time out that Alonso, despite his mighty drive, got uh, got protested by the Haas team, uh, saying that the car was in uh, dangerous condition, shouldn't be allowed to race. So. Um they, uh, they applied for almost a retrospective meatball flag I suppose which was duly granted and, and Alonso was given a penalty which I thought was grossly unfair given the circumstances but the uh, the penalty uh, Alpine actually appealed the, the 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 penalty itself or the uh, the filing of the penalty that hass had applied for rather than uh, than the actual offense so uh, but it was duly overturned as has filed uh, filed the objection too late um, so Alonso did indeed Get his seventh place back, which I thought was uh, richly deserved and quite right too. Into the weekend itself proper, and uh, and in the run up we had uh, plenty of spins and uh, lock ups and uh, you know dramatic events. Um, really, really high altitude for this one, highest altitude of, uh, of any Grand Prix of the season. So it's uh, a sort of Monaco levels of wing. Uh, on on all the cars, but Monza levels of downforce actually being produced. And as the weekend developed it became kind of clear that the lack of air was having an effect on the Ferrari power units in particular. They run a smaller turbo, which gives a few advantages. Uh, It spins up a lot quicker and and it's certainly been responsible for a lot of Ferraris out of corner acceleration or instant punch that it's given them. Um, But I think they just had to turn the wick down on them a little bit this weekend. I think they were a bit concerned about the Speeds they'd have to run at, and, uh, and the lack of air um, would have led to a few failures, much as they had at uh, at Austria. So um, they turned the wicks down quite a bit. Um, and that was uh, that was certainly evident in Ferrari's lack of pace. But uh, yeah, Russell was looking good in, in free Practice Three. So uh, the lack of air—does that mean the uh, the Mercedes being a bit of a draggy car is that less of an issue as there's less air to drag it back? But moving into Q one, we had a, we had a bit of a threat of rain on the horizon actually. And from uh, from personal experience of visiting Mexico, when it rains, there, bloody hell it really, really, really rains. I uh, I went in the rainy season, and and you would have absolutely torrential rain, you know, the pavements would disappear, you couldn't tell where the road ended and the pavement began, there was that much water sloshing about, but such was the temperature and the uh, and the heat of the place that about 20 minutes later it had all disappeared and the only evidence was a, uh, it was a very dusty and dirty looking car, so if, uh, if we had, had have had rain like that it would have certainly spiced things up a bit, but uh, as it happened the whole weekend it stayed bone dry it's wonderful to see the reaction that Checo Perez got every time he pulled out the pits, you know, the the last time I've heard noise like that around the Grand Prix circuit, I think was uh, the noise in the stadium section at Hockenheim, uh, Germany, two thousand, when uh, when Barrichello was leading and uh, and got his uh, his maiden win. Just the the noise in the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. The stadium section of the track's been constructed like that anyway, just to give it that football amphitheatre gladiatorial style feel to it. The Mexican fans, you know, but Perez, they've always been out in force for him anyways. He had the first successful Mexican driver for a long time and, uh, you know, a Mexican success has been hard to come by in Formula 1. We've had Perez now taking uh, a couple of wins and, uh, and his career's picked up, certainly since he joined Red Bull, winning a Force India course towards the, at the end of his career there. But before that, I think we had Esteban Gutierrez and I, I struggle to remember the last Mexican driver before him. So, it's, uh, it's good that the uh, the home crowd have somebody who's, uh, who's in with a real chance for a win every time he, he pulled out of the pits it was fantastic to watch um, but Verstappen just just looked like he was driving on ice the uh, the first lap out of the pits, just trying to bring him in really, really gently but the tyre is getting very hot by the end of the run so they seemed to be a choice really have your tyres too cold at the beginning of the lap or too hot at the end of the lap Mick Schumacher getting a, a lap time deleted for, uh, for being outside track limits at turn 3 so uh, we duly lost him uh, along with Vettel Stroll, Albon and Latifi and um, so Aston Martin back to their, their sort of standard uh, slightly poor qualifying form but one driver who did uh, did stand out with a hell of a turn of pace was Valtteri Bottas absolutely flying in uh, in Q1 so it would be interesting to see if he could maintain that all the way through the session and straight into Q2 and, uh, and straight away yeah Bottas was bang on the pace again we lost Magnussen, Gasly Sonoda, Zhou, and Daniel Ricciardo unfortunately but Ricardo going a, a bit better than qualifying sessions of late so outing Q2 as opposed to Q1, I suppose that's an improvement but actually very, very close behind Norris, so he looks to be getting a bit more out of the car this weekend Q3, Perez out first and just had the entire track to himself and uh, and had the entire attention of the crowd to himself he duly set the uh, the fastest time first, one ton to a provisional pole and that sent the crowd absolutely wild, but Verstappen, Hamilton and Russell then coming through and um, pipping him, Hamilton getting a, uh, a lap time deleted for track limits at turn 3 again botas very impressive again uh p5 um, all all the times coming thick and fast. Perez only managed third on his final run. Uh, Sainz only managed fourth. Leclerc pipped into uh, into fifth place, just edging out Valtteri. But Verstappen just extending his lead on his on his second lap out. Hamilton popping into third. Russell popping up into second, but his lap time was deleted uh, for uh, for running off the track at turn twelve. Just with uh, not 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 running wide or um you know disobeying track limits to try and gain an advantage. Just a match absolutely horrible understeer through the turn there bottas jumping up into sixth position so it was a good a uh, good session towards the end lots going on there and people going quicker and and it was uh, yeah it kept you on the, on the edge of your seat till the end of it um but the uh, the top 10 was verstappen russell hamilton perez Sainz, bottas leclerc norris alonso and ocon so yeah bottas managing to out qualify leclerc in the ferrari that's a, a stunning achievement into the race itself and it's um yeah we're probably going to struggle to make this a a long podcast i think the last podcast went on for quite a bit because there was a lot to uh, to chat about in the race but not uh, not the most dramatic races uh, we've seen this year without uh, without a shadow of a doubt but it was um i think it was a, a strategic battle that never actually quite materialised at the end, whether it needed about another five laps or whether it needed a safety car or something like that in the middle to really make it play out I'm not quite sure, but we had a good mix of soft and mediums on all the cars for the start, so I was thinking that tyre that wear would actually probably be quite high in this race given how qualifying seemed to go and tyres overheating by the end of the lap if they weren't too cold at the beginning of it I was, I was thinking it would be very high degradation and lots of cars sliding about and, and spinning off we had a good start for Verstappen just perfect launch off the line um, led into turn one and, and off he went, just behind him we had uh, Hamilton, uh, slightly better start of the two mercs and, and running Russell out of room on the exit of turn three which allowed Perez to get a, uh, a very good run on him and get Russell into the next corner again cue uh, the rapturous applause from the Mexican crowd, a very close scrap between the Ferraris too as well, uh, Sainz just managing to maintain the upper hand between the pair of them, out the front we you know We didn't get much for the first 9, 10, 11 laps. It was just status quo out the front. Uh, Verstappen, uh, we we thought he'd be stopping first, so it looked like Hamilton was just biding his time. Actually, early part of the race, Daniel Ricciardo looking quite racing, looking like he was on a mission for the afternoon. Got past Guan Zhou on lap 12, having hounded him for several laps, and just following him into the corner stroll uh, sort of barged his way past Gasly uh, on his way through just he uh, he pulled out the slipstream and then uh, sort of you know went back to his left to take the line for the corner but just kind of forgot Gasly was there or Kind of thought, well, when I hit Gasly, that's when I'll stop turning left. So, yeah, but a little bit rude from Stroll there. Gasly returned the favour a few laps later into turn four. Completely and utterly ran uh, ran Stroll out of road and ran wide himself as well. It seemed to take a while for it to uh, to appear as an investigation. Well, it was noted and then being investigated and then a five-second penalty to be dished out for him. And it was a bit of a slam dunk, to be honest. He'd, uh, he'd locked up and just completely... Ran wide and ran out of ran out of road and ran out of room and um, forced stroll off the track so the uh, the penalty was kind of fair enough I think I think if you'd have put Alonzo. Uh, Vettel, Hamilton, Verstappen, somebody like that next to Gadsley at the same time, they'd have probably seen that he was steaming in far too quick and was going to run wide. So just break it a little bit earlier, cut back inside him. But that's uh, that's very easily said from outside the car. But I think the uh, the penalty was fair enough. But uh, by the it took so long to uh, to announce it that by the time they would announced it, he was three point nine seconds up the road anyway, with Albon very very close behind Stroll. So I think it was just kind of better off to take the penalty. and and run away into the lead. You know, it was a bit like a... uh an early computer game that you'd play and, uh, and you got a five second penalty for a jump start or something like that but if every other car was sat on the grid for ten seconds and you could sod off into the lead then well it's worth taking the penalty isn't it uh, yeah but a good a uh, good bit of drama there but out front Hamilton was uh, was reeling Verstappen in slowly but surely Verstappen got a call to try and break the toe and then Verstappen just suddenly pulled out the fastest lap from uh, from seemingly nowhere so um, early concerns over tyre where it looked like he was just by his time a little bit there. Stroll was the first one into the into the pits, um, but by lap 22, Verstappen said he was struggling, and, uh, and he appeared to be struggling, particularly uh, at low speed, just not a lot of mechanical grip left in his soft tyres at all. Out of the front runners, Perez was the first of, uh, of all four of them to stop, and it was quite a slow stop. Verstappen followed him in on lap 26, came out just ahead of Science. Perez managing to get past uh Charles Leclerc, which uh, which again sent the crowd absolutely balmy, and Leclerc then came into the pits, dropped all the way down to twelfth with his stop. So it's um, yeah, not uh, certainly not Ferrari's weekend. They just didn't seem to have uh, have any advantage or anything they could take from anywhere. Didn't seem to have the pace in the car. Didn't seem to have tire management. Um, just just didn't seem to be anywhere really. They um. They're just yeah completely dropped off the boil this weekend. I, I as I said at the beginning, I think it's mainly turbo and and high altitude issues. We'll have to see uh, how they get on next time out in uh, in Brazil. But of course, Brazil's not not exactly that low. I think it's a bit higher than Austria, in fact. So uh, yeah, I'd uh, not normally a betting. Well, I'm not a successful betting man, anyway. Uh, I have the odd flutter on the Grand Prix, but it's uh, if if uh, if I was a betting man, I'd certainly reckon Merck to finish ahead of Ferrari at Brazil. But anyway, we had uh, we had both Red Bulls flying at this stage. Hamilton coming in for a set of hard tyres, and and Russell following him in as the last of the. Top four to stop also for uh, for a set of hard tyres. So Mercedes at this stage just gambling that uh, that Red Bull who gone for the mediums, their tyres would uh, would drop off towards the end and and they'd have nothing left. Mercedes both on the hards, okay, they'd be that little bit slower, but they'd have the durability. Yeah, I think if if you'd have said, looking at the um, qualifying and, and the overheating issues, maybe. But I think earlier on in the weekend, the uh, the practice sessions, the long-run pace, I think the the softs, well, certainly at this stage, anybody who'd started on the softs seemed to be able to run a, a long, long time into the race. I think, um, I forget who it was, I think maybe Vettel managed to do sort of 25, 30 laps on the soft tyres, something like that. And... Um, yeah, I mean, well, Verstappen 26 laps on the soft tyres at the beginning, so it was a bit... Uh, yeah, I, d- I don't think the tyres were quite as fragile in the race as Merck thought they were going to be. Again, as I say, it's very easy to say in hindsight, but I suppose the only thing you can do is is roll the dice and, and go somewhere different. I I think on pure pace terms, Red Bull certainly had the edge over Mercedes this weekend by a couple of three, four tenths, something like that, at the very least, uh, in uh, in race trip anyway. So the only thing you can do is roll the dice, go slow, slightly different if uh, if you're not going to beat them on the same strategy then yeah try a different strategy and uh, and see what happens I think Mercedes with the uh, the beauty now of that they can roll the dice and go for a win they're very much in the position the rebel were a few years ago or in the uh, the early part of the Mercedes hybrid era dominance that they could just afford to take a risk uh, to see if it got them the win because if it didn't come off well they weren't going to win anyway so they haven't lost a win and they might gain one. Out front, anyway, we had uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez and Russell, the order. Mercedes uh, lo- looking slow on uh, on the hard tyres, taking a while to get them up to temperature or, or just bringing them in gently. Perez closing in on Hamilton, slowly but surely, uh, as Verstappen was pulling away from him, so... Uh, Hamilton, the uh, the Mercedes, meet in the Red Bull sandwich, uh, heading closer towards P three than he was P one at this stage. Further back down the the grid, there, there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't a huge amount of overtaking for the uh, for the entire race, really. Um, we had uh, we had Ocon with a great move around the outside of Turn one on Bottas. Ocon then defending like uh, like crazy in the next couple of corners, and then just just all of a sudden, I think the cameras, uh, just as we had the cameras on Lando Norris towards the end of. The uh, the United States Grand Prix. Uh, I, I don't know what had been inserted up Ricardo's backside and set fire to, but it was. Uh, I've I've missed Danny Rick. I really have missed him when he's uh, when he's on form like this and he's got a feel for the car and everything's working. He uh, he reminded us in this race just how good he can be and just how good he still is. He was on. Just an absolute mission. Got into a, a bit of argy-bargy with uh, with Sonoda. made contact in turn six, so Sonoda bouncing over the top of his front left tyre and out of the race as it uh, as it happened. Danny then uh, then got a 10-second penalty for that. I, I thought ten seconds was a bit harsh, to be honest. I mean, I, I do get confused about the uh, the rules of engagement. How much of a car is a significant portion and where does it need to be inside and whatever else but I uh, I do think I mean ultimately there was room on the outside for Sonoda to not cut quite so close to the apex and uh, and the collision could have been avoided you know it's, it's one of these well he was you know I was in the right he pulled out in front of me yes but you could have braked yes but he pulled out in front of me so it's his fault yes but wouldn't you have been better off breaking and, and avoiding the accident rather than having an accident and it's somebody else's fault? Uh, well, not accident, because uh, accident implies there's nobody at fault. Uh, incident, shall we say. Um, but it was uh, yeah. I thought ten seconds was a bit harsh to be honest. Five would have uh, would have probably been more appropriate. But then I suppose was it a bit worse than than Gasly and Stroll? Yes, I suppose it was. As somebody ended up out of the race, so yeah, I suppose ten seconds maybe. Um, but it, uh, it again, it just seemed to shove something else up Danny Rick's backside and set fire to it. Um, as he uh, he was absolutely flying from then on. It was uh, very reminiscent of um, him in the Renault days when he got a penalty uh, for something or other, and his answer was just, yep, I'll drive faster and uh, and drive faster he did, passing his teammate Lando Norris and Bottas in short order, uh, then Alonso, then Ocon, um, and then he had uh, he had a few laps in which to try and uh, eke out that 10-second gap so they didn't drop all the way back down again, and off he went on that mission. Uh, we had uh, the, the possibility of a late bit of drama, uh, lap 65 Alonso out with a... Uh, reasonable amount of smoke pouring out the back of the car so we had a virtual safety car but a very very brief one Alonso had parked the car very uh, very well and it didn't take long at all for it to be pushed off the track and into safety we had Russell making a, uh, a late pit stop for a fastest lap attempt which uh, which he duly got but all eyes really on this stage on the uh, on the time charts were just on Danny Rick and how much time could he eke out over Esteban Ocon uh, to uh, to try and maintain his seventh place 10 seconds his penalty and 12.1 was the gap when he crossed the line so yeah uh, that was cut to 2.1 with a 10 second penalty but he held on to seventh position and driver of the day by the fans and driver of the day for me as well i mean um, taking nothing away from Verstappen nothing it was a uh, just a, a masterclass in in how to make the very difficult look uh, look mundane or look easy, which he seemed to do very well. Uh, every time Hamilton did try and nibble a bit out of him, he, he had the pace in spades to answer it and uh 46 lap stint I think he did on the on the medium tires managed them very well and they lasted very well mercedes not uh, not with the pace or with the tire drop offs on the mediums from the red bulls to challenge them at the end i'd say maybe another 5 10 laps maybe if there'd have been a safety car in there to spice things up a bit might have been slightly different but verstappen hamilton perez on the podium russell just off the podium in fourth uh and, and leclerc Fifth and sixth, as I say, didn't didn't really see too much from them at all. They were um, quite a way off the Mercedes pace and uh, and ahead of the McLarens and the Alpines. So yeah, just got a, a bit of a lonely, anonymous race for them. Really, um, all uh, all eyes on. Danny Rick towards the end, uh, he finished in seventh. Ocon in eighth, Norris in ninth, and Bottas rounding out the top ten. So, yeah, a good result for Bottas, first points he scored for uh, for quite a while in that team, and a good reward for uh, for some impressive uh, impressive pace this weekend out of Valtry. <laughs> No, so not too much else to uh, to say from the weekend really we've got a, we've got a weekend off this weekend. Uh, we're off to Brazil uh, next weekend, the 11th, 12th and 13th for the Brazilian Grand Prix. So tune in for that and we'll have a uh, we'll have another race rundown very shortly after the race. In the meantime do have a look at us on uh, on all the various social media channels. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere and all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening and uh, I will talk to you next time. take care. Bye for now. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.